0: We're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
1: A very happy middle of the week for you all. AJ Salves and Eric Francis, the Full Court Press, 401 Your Start Time here on a Wednesday December 18th, one week away from the holiday. Yes, it is Christmas. What did you get me for Christmas? Oh, are we exchanging gifts? Well, yeah, dude. We talked about it in January. Because you felt bad because you didn't get me a gift, so you said you're going to get me a gift this year. And so I went out. And I Remember went, I
2: said how nice it was? They didn't have to worry about and I went getting shopping. any extra gifts? And I went shopping.
1: <laughs> I got you something pretty slick, too. I you think did? It's, yeah, I actually did. It's, uh, I think you're going to really like it. It kind of relates to us. In a good way. I mean, there's a lot of bad ways to relate to us, but I think this one actually is a good one.
2: Ooh, I know what I can get you. I already know. I
1: already have it. What are you getting? I swear to life, if it is coming out of your drawer that's been sitting in there for three months called hard candy that I gave you for a pick six victory four months ago, I'm going to lose my freaking mind.
2: Hey, I need a new pick six prize, by the way. Oh, shoot. You I owe you. You haven't, yeah. You haven't. Oh, me shut you last it. Week. You
1: know what? You were like six, like a week and a half, a week and a half overdue before you got me my gift last time so you know what you can you can wait your patience by the way i might be coming back from uh texas with a, a little a handy doodle game or something you know something you can keep for good old time's sake keep a
2: big know. old stetson hat
1: yeah hey you would look good in a stetson hat you would look really good okay you would look like crap but i'm gonna tell you look good because that's my job, is to kiss up to you and <laughs> tell you everything you do is great. Uh, that's what you get paid for. Eric Franson, on that side, I'm Al J. Salves, here again, it's a Wednesday, December 18th. Glad to have you joining us, however and wherever you are joining us from, on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM The Fan. You can also find us on our stream, 106.9thefan.com. You can also find us on podcast platform, Stitchers, iTunes, Spotify, and more. Just type in the Full Court Press, my name, Eric's name, and you'll be able to get all the content of the Full Court Press that your heart desires. Uh, By the way, a couple of news and notes you want to get to before we get into the, uh, we call it uh, show business, what we do uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of our show. Uh, One thing is that Brian Phillips will be joining us of the Utah, uh, excuse me, U-State Aggie website where they take care of or at least give us the knowledge of recruiting going on. Today is the early signing period. Aggies have signed some guys. We're going to get who those guys are and the effect that they can have on the program from Brian Phillips. I'll be coming up at about 4.30 uh, around that time frame. Uh, Also, some really, really exciting news for you guys from us. Um, We know that our listeners like to interact with the show. But they have a hard time doing so because A, they don't have Twitter. Or B, they're on driving and they don't want to call in. Or they just don't want to have their voice over the air with their name. So we have actually been uh, found a way, thanks to our IT guy, to take care of that for you. So what you can do now, you're going to love this. uh, You can actually text into our show to tell us what you want to tell us without having your name being given out in fact it'll just show us your phone number and that's it we won't know who the crap you are unless eric has memorized phone numbers
2: um magically have you there's you know what we used to as a society remember phone numbers like all oh, the time i know, I know. like so, i could still tell you my buddy's phone number from when i was in middle school because i could tell you my ex-girlfriend's number because that's the only way we could contact each other you had to call him you had to remember You couldn't but then you're stored anywhere, but yeah, so beyond that, no, I can remember my uh my my parents' phone number, my home phone, my wife's cell phone number, and my own personal cell phone number. <laughs> beyond that, Nope.
1: so you can text into our show, and like I said, your name will not pop up just your phone number, so we won't know who it is, so you if you want to tell us that Eric is really bad at his job, that's great. We won't know who you are. We just have your phone number. So the number you can text into is this. 435 339 0321. 435 339 0321. One more time. 435 339 0321. You can text into our show uh, throughout the show whenever you wish, and we'll get those text messages. Uh, we'll read them on the air, you know, regarding the topic that we're talking about. 435 339 0321 you don't need no keyword you don't need anything like that uh, message and data rates apply as per your uh, contract with whatever s- service you are with 435 339 0321 we have no text messages as of right now you could be the very first to ever texting into the show are you, you son of a biscuit you do not like indian food eric you hate it what what I enjoy Indian food. Okay. Where did I, that come from? I are you talking You call me enough every day that I memorize your number. <laughs> and the look that you gave me as soon as
2: you looked up, <laughs> like, hi. Okay, I just want to see if it's working. It's working.
1: You, so it is working, which is actually, you know, thank you for actually testing it. Okay. Uh, oh, hey, right here. 6294. Go waggies, Go Jazz. Love it. Thank you. 435
2: Have you put that phone number out on the Twitter?
1: No, I haven't. And yet. on
2: the Facebook, no, or the uh, the Instagram, no, that's your job. Or the Snap Face,
1: no, that's your job. I oh. don't do Snap Face. Look, we're just uh, we're we're getting ready.
2: Or yeah. the the TikTok or right. whatever the kids are doing today.
1: I don't really do social media. Yeah, thanks, hey, Bill. I just uh, I'm just getting ready for the next game. Okay. Uh. So yeah. Oh, two two seven seven six is not really happy with things going on in Texas Tech. He would like to can Matt Wells. That it's only his first year. Relax. It's only his first year. Year 1. Give him a chance here. 435 339 0321. Hop on, text away at your own leisure uh, throughout and again if if they, please keep them somewhat clean for us. Uh but uh yeah, 435 339 0321. Uh you can text into your show um and shout to your hearts desire. <laughs> uh <laughs> and fire Matt Wells. That's been in my draft for two years. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right, Eric, we got a lot to talk about. Utah State is on the recruiting trail right now. Early starting period begins today. We'll get to Brian Phillips and uh, get to his content a little bit. It's in the know. Utah State, Kent State, Friday night, 5.30 By the way, quick other item of business we need to get to the game will be broadcasted on this station the pregame, the game, the postgame. On 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, as well as 610 AM 610 AM KVNU, you'll get the pregame with Eric Franson, Al Lewis, Craig Hislop, Ryan Bohm. You'll get the postgame with these gentlemen where you get to call in and share your thoughts. Uh, one of the coolest things in the world. You have a chance to be able to call in and share your thoughts uh, with, with these great guys who uh, are the experts. And they have a great roundtable who you'll be able to hear their roundtable, which, by the way, we'll throw that on our podcast when it's all said and done. So you guys can get a chance to listen to it uh, if you had missed it before. That's something we should have been doing earlier, and that's my fault. But we'll get to the roundtable, which is really, really cool to hear from these guys, get an in-depth discussion on Utah State football games. It is unlike anything other you could hear.
2: It's fun. Uh, Ryan has great, great insight oh, as a former player. One of the greatest and players ever in just state history. Really smart, heads-up guy uh, in the, what he's done afterwards um al lewis has been a pro been calling games for forever so is craig Hislop. he's been around the utah state football program for a very long time as a player in their athletic department as a sports information director and as a color analyst so uh those those three guys really really know their stuff i not really sure why i'm there but i'm glad that they let me tag along for a little bit no you do a great job fun.
1: i think you do a great job eric it's it's uh um it's uh it's fun to have that kind of like brain inside of one room and just hear all this great detail and 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 thoughts on the game plan, keys
2: to the game. Well, it's interesting just generationally too. I mean, Al and Craig have been around for a very long time. Ryan and I are younger, and we and it's just all have different perspectives on how we see the game and how we see things playing out. So it's been a lot of fun doing it for the last couple of years. So um, this uh, this one will be the last one of the season, but it's really cool that we're able to do this to have. The pregame coverage for this bowl game—it's the last game of the year—on two stations. You can hear it on multiple places on AM and on FM. We're making it as easy as possible to find Utah State football Friday afternoon, and then the full play-by-play will be on the radio, where you'll be easy to find on KVNU and here on the Fan. And then, as soon as the game's over, we'll have the post-game college show, and people can weigh in on what happened in Frisco, Texas. By the way, IJ, I was just looking ahead, and it looks like there's a pretty good chance of rain in the forecast on Friday afternoon.
1: Yeah, 49 in rain is what they are saying. Um, At about game time? Yeah, so it's decently warm compared to what we're getting right now, which is currently 11 degrees. But there will be rain involved, so uh, pray that there's no rain, really. Just a cloudy day, that's fine, but no rain for the Aggies. Uh, Later in the show, by the way, we'll get to uh, another special segment. So yesterday we had game time with Gabby. One of the interns. We have another intern that's going to be joining us. See, when you have one of the best shows in Cash Valley Radio Network, people want to be a part of Like, hey, you want to go be part of this show over here? No. This show over here? No. They want to be part of the Full Court Press. <laughs> so here we go. We got another intern joining us. Uh, he's going to be uh, actually a part of our Pick 6. And you'll find out how that's going to be happening. you' will we'll introduce him to the Full Court Press uh, listener world. And uh, you'll also be able to join in on the uh, – on the pick six as well by texting into our show at four three five three three nine zero three two one. You can text us throughout the show, uh, and we'll we'll have your text messages with no name, just your phone number, so you don't yeah you know you don't get identified uh, unless it's Eric texting in. It's obviously obvious. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, again, a really really cool way for you guys to be involved in the show. Eric, it is time to get into our in the know. We start with. The Kent State Golden Flash in the Frisco in the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl, Utah State uh, versus Kent State at 5:30 Mountain Time, where you can get hear it on 106 on the Fan, also on uh, our KVNU sister station 610 AM. Eric, this Kent State team. Really quickly to introduce you to Kent State uh, in Kent, Ohio, population just under thirty thousand. Founded in 1910, things about you want to know. Nickname is the Golden Flashes. Uh, opened in 1969. Uh, they, uh, for this season, they're six and six overall, five and three in conference U USA. Uh, they're tied for second in the East division four and one on the, at home two and five on the road. They never had a neutral site game. Their last bowl game, Eric was, you know,
2: it was a long time ago,
1: 2012 GoDaddy bowl, uh, GoDaddy.com bowl. I should say. Uh, and they're head coached by uh, Sean Lewis, who you'll hear a lot from, uh, from
2: tomorrow. Yeah, he's a uh, he's definitely winning the beard game. He's got uh, a grizzly beard; looks like he's very unkempt. <laughs> but uh, he's got connections to Wisconsin, where he was a player. Uh, Gary Anderson was obviously a coach there, uh, and so those two have a little bit of a, a a connection. Seen some video of them talking to each other and having a good time since they uh, they know each other, or at least they've crossed paths or know some of the same people because of the Wisconsin connection. Uh, but w- this. This Kent State team is really interesting in a lot of different ways. First of all, this is a team that has been in a lot of close games. They haven't always won those games, but they've been in a lot of them. They've, they've had, this is part of our uh, stat that blew our mind yesterday. We talked about the, uh, who was it? The, the Seahawks mm-hmm. that were in 10 one-score games, or was it 11 one-score games? They were 10-1 and in those games. Kent State, not to the same degree, but they've had seven games decided by eight points or less. And they're four and three, um, but their last six were decided by one score or less. Wow. And so they've been in a lot of games. Their last three, they learned how to close them out and get the wins. They needed to win their last three to become bowl eligible. But this is a team that's been in a lot of games, haven't always won all of them, but they've been competitive. Now, Three games that they played earlier in the year were against power five schools. I mean, they went to Arizona State and got crushed 30 to 7. They went to Auburn, got destroyed 55 to 16. They went to Wisconsin and got shut out 48 to nothing. But you take those out, and they've been pretty close games, pretty competitive. Um, And in conference play, they outscored their opponents um, about 39 to 29. Um, and so they've been—they've been a pretty competitive team that can put up some points.
1: Yeah, this team. Here's the other key thing: what you said is that they are—they grind it out. They'll fight till the very end. In fact, they were three and six coming off three straight uh, losses in the MAC, uh, and then erased a—I think it was a 21 fourth quarter point deficit to beat Buffalo on November 14th, which, by the way, featured a recovered onside kick by the kicker and a block punt in the final eight minutes. And it almost just kind of flip-flopped their season like in a 180 to go forward. Uh, they wound up uh, closing in the regular season with three state wins by a combined 14 points. That helped them become bowl-eligible. Uh, this team will just uh, grind you and grind you till the end. Their defense is a 3-4 defense, uh, but they are very... And speaking of which, their run defense is horrific to say the least. Not a good run defense at all. Uh, you'll hear from Gary Anderson in a little bit um, talking about this defense, but... In that regard, you know, this could honestly, depending on how Kent State, because they play with pace, but knowing how bad that this defense could get gashed by this, really, I mean, if they're given a little bit of momentum, this Utah State offense could put a point in a hurry. How much time can this Kent State offense take off the clock and limit Utah State's possessions, almost like San Diego State did, or Air Force did it, Boise State did it, New Mexico tried it, worked for a little while, and then finally Utah State got things going.
2: Yeah, I think that that is a key. Uh, uh I think that how Utah State handles their possessions is a real key because that's been a bit problematic uh for the Aggies this year. And Kent State, they yes, they're bowl eligible. Yes, they've won six games. Yes, they won their last 3. They were able to pull out some close games and learned how to win. That that's that's a difficult thing to do. It re- it reminds me a lot about Utah State the first year they went to the famous Idaho potato bowl Mm -hmm. with Gary Anderson. Yeah. They hadn't been bowling in a really long time. There was a losing culture. Uh, It was really tough. Gary finally got things turned. Momentum was going in their favor. Um, And it was really exciting for Utah state. Um, And that, so what's going on with Kent state reminds me a lot about Utah state of eight years ago or so, whenever that was. So um, it, it, on paper, they don't look like they're really that great of a team. They don't play in a really good conference. Their conference is very mediocre, so it's hard to know really the wins that they do have. Do they really mean that much? But then the fact that they've learned how to win and they're excited to be in the moment can, be, can make for a really dangerous team to face in a bowl game. If Utah State gets a little lackadaisical and overlooks these guys, it, they could be on the opposite side here on this. And this is a team that's got a rushing quarterback. He's very mobile, a spread offense with guys moving around. Uh, and Utah State has struggled with mobile quarterbacks. Guys that can, get, can make things happen with their feet. And they have a hard time protecting the edges. I mean, this is a guy, Dustin Crum is their quarterback. In their game against Ball State, this was not the last game. It was a second to last game for him. He threw the ball for about 370 yards and rushed for over 100 so, he's definitely a dynamic player on the field. If Utah State doesn't bottle him up, it could be a long day for the Aggies.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then on the other side, when I look at—I'm I'm just kind of flashed to the defensive side just briefly here for just a moment, and then I want to get back to the offense. But uh, Jamal Parker is a big big part of their defense. He started 41 games over four years at Kent State. He's earned second-team All-Mac honors this season. Uh, he had 58 tackles, nine pass breakups, and tied for a team lead with three picks— and uh, is also averaging 26.5 yards per kickoff return this season. He's he's a do-it-all kind of guy. And if you don't keep in it, uh, when you go to the line, what Tom Brady sees in Ed Reed, when he's the first guy he looks at at the line of scrimmage, I think Jordan Love, when he gets to the line of scrimmage, identify Jamal Parker. Where is he at on the field? And don't go his way if, can, if you can't, if, if you're not forced to. Another you're guy really he's going
2: to to watch for is Quantrez Knight. Yeah. Um. He's a redshirt junior. He was injured, but uh, he is expected to play. But he has eight tackles for loss on the season. He's their wow. safety. Uh, so he's a guy that uh, plays a safety position, but they use him to come up on, on safety blitzes and to create some havoc in the backfield. So, uh, yeah, he's got to watch for Q Knight as well, as, as their coach likes to call him. Uh, and they've, they've got some pretty decent linebackers and a really good defensive end. So they do have some guys that can make some things happen defensively, they're not really particularly stout, particularly really outstanding with their defense, but they do some things that you have to respect. Uh, uh, Lawrence Burke, um, he's got 94 tackles on the year, five and a half for tackles for loss. he's got four sacks. he's got a forced fumble and a fumble recovery. So he in a lot of ways it's pretty similar to what we're seeing out of Kevin Metzenheimer from Utah State. And then the defensive end, Theo Majet, Majet? Sorry, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, but uh, he's number 92. He's a defensive end, a senior. Uh, he's got five sacks, seven tackles for loss, and four quarterback hurries. So they've got some guys that can get into the backfield and cause some disruption.
1: Well, let's go ahead and get to some audio. we got a ton of it. Here's Gary Anderson in his opening statement from Friday's press conference uh, the previous week uh, on Kent State and this bowl game.
0: You know, Kent State, the, the pedal quite a bit of time to be able to uh, look at them, study them. Coach Lewis has done a great job, um, won the last three games, found a way to get themselves into those games, won tight ball games. A lot of you know, correlation on a team that won a lot of close, close football games, just like uh, the Aggies have. I know when you're playing this conference and you watch this team play, you're going to get tough kids, well-coached, love football good kids. Um, I think it's a tremendous opportunity for us as a as a staff and a football team to uh, play another team that uh, is fighting their tails off and excited to be in this bowl game just like we are. Um, So that's that's what you get when you play these guys. They're gonna they've executed um, one games different ways. You know Buffalo they make some special teams plays that they made, got themselves back into the football game. And the offense, defense did their part. And it's just gone back and forth. They beat some very good teams, um, had some tight losses against some very good teams. So again, okay, we're just excited about the matchup, um, excited about this venue. This bowl is, uh, you know, you just look at it on paper. And I've been to a few of these. been fortunate <laughs> to be a few to a few of these bowl games throughout uh, many, many years. And it just looks like this one's set up with a lot of care factor and belief. and. Um, Kids are going to be well taken care of on both sides. That's a tremendous opportunity for for both teams to enjoy, you know, a little bit of the holidays and then go play uh, a quality football team and a, a quality bowl game. So we're excited about it and can't wait to get on the plane on Monday. But we got some preparation to do before that.
1: That's Gary Anderson, head coach of the Utah State Aggies. We'll get into more audio through him throughout the night. Got a ton of it for you, and throughout tomorrow as well. I'll be in Texas, but Eric will be here to give you the, the best coverage as possible on this Utah state Ken State matchup. Eric, you know when I think about it, a lot of people kind of wondered, more so than the opponent, when this bowl game was going to be played. Were they going to play after the holiday or play before the holiday? And so for Jordan Love, he was he actually talked a little bit about it, uh, that he was thrilled to be playing before the, before the holiday offer, and we all kind of found out why because, I mean, he declared for the draft and it just would have helped out better to not have to worry about the bull game after the holiday, then go to the draft, that there's a bull game, holiday, and then he's going straight to the NFL and getting ready for the combine. And so it's just interesting from like people's perspective that a lot of them wanted the bull game to be done before Christmas break.
2: Yeah, it, it's, it's a catch-22. On one hand, it's good to get it done, And to have it taken care of, so you don't have Christmas distractions and kids feeling homesick for not being, you know, if they have to be at practice and get ready for a bowl, um, and and just trying to manage their time when school's out. But at the same time, the if it's an early game, these coaches are also trying to wrap up the early signing period, uh, which started today, and so they've got to be wrapping up their uh, their recruitment. And their commitments that are out there, trying to make sure they keep the guys that said they're going to go or maybe steal away somebody from somewhere else while also trying to prepare for your bowl game that week. So it's it's good and bad. Um, On the one hand, you get a chance to secure things so you don't have to worry about them, that uh, guys could get uh, picked off over the next couple of months before February. But at the same time, the coaching staff, you're trying to get ready for a bowl game.
1: I uh, just got a text from 1038, and and uh, this individual asked two questions. Here's the first one. What was the injury or truthful excuse by linebacker David Woodward uh, did not play after the Air Force game? Concussion protocol should not last four weeks. You're right. But for how many concussions he's had, there was – I mean, Coach Anderson really never came out and said that he was going to be out for the rest of the year. No. and Never so, came
2: out and said exactly what, what, it, what, what it the injury was. Yeah.
1: Um, but, and this is just pure speculation. There's no fact of this at all whatsoever, but based on the fact that he has had a couple of cushions before, I think they were being uble careful because you got to remember this kid has the rest of his life in front of him and as, as great as football in the, in the, sport of football is the game of football is no reason to risk his life that young just for a college game.
2: So, uh, I was talking to Ryan Bohm uh, earlier today, actually about this very thing, where he was a running back at Utah State, he had a couple of concussions in his playing time, and then eventually he had eligibility to keep playing, but because of the concussions, um, he decided he, was, he wasn't going to play anymore, not to to uh, put himself at risk um, for you know those, the long-term implications of multiple concussions. And when you get a concussion, uh, the, 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 the time to recover after each one is a little bit longer. And as they start to pile up, then you really need to give the brain a lot of time to heal to, to make sure that it's, it's all properly back in place. Now, what happened with his desire to come back or the football team's desire to have him back or whether he was cleared, you know, those things we don't know Yeah, because that was not revealed. Um, we just knew that he was out and uh, for medical reasons. And then uh, all of a sudden, just last week, we learned he is declaring for the NFL draft. So whatever it was is going to be good enough for him to at least try to make it into the NFL.
1: Question number two, he asked, if innocent till proven guilty, should there be question of Jordan Love playing? Or if Aggies feel that Henry Columby, <laughs> I love how we put those names, uh, or Andrew Peasley are next year's QBs, why not play them at least half? Uh... Here, that's a great question. Uh, we don't know the situation on that. Gary Anderson's presser with the media tomorrow at the Frisco Bowl is tomorrow morning, um, and so we won't know what you know what the situation is. I'm sure he'll be asked about it. Uh, whether he whether he feels free to talk about that or not, I don't think he will because it's ongoing because it's still in its because he's still got a hearing, right? If I'm not mistaken.
2: Okay. Well, first of all, yes, they are innocent until proven guilty. Um, it's a very minor infraction. That's one thing. It's a first-time offense. That's another thing. Um, reports are that Gary Anderson has cleared the players to play. Whether they do play or how much they play, we don't know yet. And we may not know until Friday. Yeah, until
1: game time when the offense shows up on the field, you'll find out who the quarterback is. But
2: honestly, I, I think that, uh, I think we'll see them play. I think we'll see them play a lot will we will they start i don't know i don't know they may not be the uh the, the starters at the very beginning where they start on the first possession uh maybe they come in after the second possession maybe they miss a quarter i don't know they could very possibly not miss anything yeah Again, we
1: don't know the situation. We're going to wait for details before we come out and just start guessing. I mean, we're not going to guess anyways, but well, before we come out and report anything. So, and But by the way, I, I mean, I think Henry Columby and I think well, and Peasley, by the way, he's done for the year. He's, he's not playing, so you can throw that yeah, option out.
2: Peasley's not an option.
1: Um, But Henry Columby maybe gets a chance. We'll find out. We'll see how the situation, how the game is going or what the situation and what Coach Anderson decides to do as a starting quarterback to start the game off.
2: Yeah, according to KSL.com, uh, they have been cleared. Uh, Coach Anderson or somebody at Utah State uh, told them that, uh, that the players have been cleared to play.
1: All right, we've got to take a break. Coming back, Brian Phillips of UStateAggies.com is a co-editor and writer and recruiting specialist for Utah State Aggie football is going to join us here and uh, talk, us, talk to us about the uh, early standing period for the Utah State Aggies, who they've got, who stands out to them, and what to look forward to in the 2020 football season, which will be coming up sooner than you would ever know it. By the way, again, you can text into our lineup, four three five three three nine zero three two one. Eric Franson there, Audrey Salveson here. you will listening to the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM.
0: 1390 AM, The Fan. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
1: Andre Salves and Eric Francis here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Thanks for joining us, however and wherever you are. Don't forget, you can text us on our line at four three five three three nine zero three two one, your name doesn't show up, your phone number does, so you'll be totally uh, and not is, it anon- is it anonymous. 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 You'll be that uh, when it when it- your text comes through. So, but keep it polite, please. Well, I guess keep it clean for our sake, so we can read your text over the air without being <laughs> in trouble. Yeah, it may or may not be repeated. Rules. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Hey, joining us now. This is a this is really exciting for all of us here. Uh, joining us here on the Full Court uh, Press, he is a U- State aggiescom co-editor, writer, and recruiting specialist for Utah State football. Uh, it's Brian Phillips here talking about the early signing recruiting period. Brian, thanks for your time, man.
3: Hey, thanks for having me on. I re- really appreciate it. Thank you.
1: No, this is great. Hey, uh, you know, Eric and uh, our intern, uh, we're actually just talking about this and, and mentioned this. Uh, no signings from Pete from kids from Utah. Did that surprise you at all? Um,
3: a little bit. Uh, it's typically a staple of a Gary Anderson team. Um, we should be having a kid named Isaiah Afatasi. He's a running back from Kearns. That ought to be announced here shortly. He's already si- announced over Twitter that he signed his letter of intent. So he would be the one kid.
2: Okay, so this is uh, and, and granted. Folks shouldn't overreact about this yet. This is just the early signing period. There's still other kids that will sign and declare when we get to the uh, the, the other period. This it's in early February, yes. but certainly looking at what's come through so far in this early uh, period, definitely an emphasis on defense. <laughs> We've got a couple of defensive ends or defensive tackle, a couple guys in the secondary. Um, I guess your initial reactions from. You've been following recruiting for a long time, following these when the guys are in town for their visits, and Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes you get a chance to talk to them, uh, but this emphasis on on defense that we're seeing so far, and who they're actually getting to sign the paper, what are are you seeing in that so far?
3: Um, Well, as far as uh, the departures go, the, the graduating seniors, most of those guys were defensive players, and especially defensive linemen. So that's really where the emphasis comes from, is as players graduate, move on, or possibly transfer, which we've had a couple announced that they're planning on doing there, uh, you just have to fill that void as the need comes up. And this year, it happened to be defense, and especially defensive linemen, and you just have to fill fill that vacuum as it goes.
1: Hey, tell me about some of the guys who stood out to you so far in this uh, early recruiting sending period, guys that make you uh, just your, your eyes light up.
2: Yeah, like who's the biggest get so far in your mind?
3: In my mind, even though he may not, if you, if you look, say, at some of the recruiting websites and so on and so forth, L.L. Yon Noah from Helix High School. It's in the San Diego area. And he's 5'9", 200 pounds, he's a running back, and he has the opportunity to be very good early. That, that's who excites me the most. He was a big get. He came on his official visit the week of the BYU game, so unfortunately the outcome of the game didn't go so well at the time, but it didn't sway him at all either. Um, he's a big enough deal that he actually announced his commitment on live TV in San Diego.
2: Wow. wow, San Diego,
3: San Diego State was very much in play for him, and he's got a brother that starts at safety at Boise State, so they were pulling at him pretty hard too. And he'd sat and right in front of those cameras and all of Greater San Diego and put on that Aggie hat.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, Helix High School, very well-known, very uh, strong history for football. Uh, another high school that's very well-known for their history and in, in success in, in football is Bishop Gorman High School in Las Vegas. Aggies get one out of that Correct. program.
3: We did. Uh, Dolan Masake is his name. He's 6'3", 230, and I think he'll end up playing defensive end. I think they like him enough that they'll be able to put Little bit of meat on him and put him down on the line. Uh, he missed this season. He hurt his neck halfway into the second game of the year. So he, he ended up sitting out the season. Um, it wasn't serious. He actually could have come back and played, but in conjunction with the Bishop Gorman coaching staff and the Utah State training staff, they just felt it was best for him to sit out. But he was up until his injury, he was very, very highly sought after he had an impressive offer list after a really good summer out on the uh, training circuit the seven on seven stuff and the camps and and so on and so forth
1: hey i know he signed a week ago or so but tell us about this luke marion kid the three-star safety from oregon it sounds like he's actually a, a pretty good baller
3: uh yeah luke is another really good get um it came down to us in nevada pretty much for him his dad was brock marion so those of your listeners that are NFL fans and mid to late '90s and early '2000s will remember Brock played safety for the Cowboys and the Dolphins, so he's got some NFL lineage there. But he's built really well. He goes after the ball. is able to high point it. Um, he's got a really good nose for the ball as a safety, but he's a very good tackler. He's not afraid of contact. This guy likes it. And, you know, as time goes on, depending on how the defensive schemes evolve, he could end up being something like a, like a rover in a 3-3-5 type setting, kind of like John Charles Rockamore was last season, the 2018 season, excuse me.
2: Again, we're talking to Brian Phillips. He's a... Co-editor? Yep, of U-State Aggies. U-State Aggies definitely follows recruiting very closely for Utah State University. Uh, With this early signing period, a couple of junior college guys in the mix here as well. Xavier Steele uh, as a cornerback uh, Mm -hmm. was uh, on campus not too long ago and uh, had some great pictures that he shared. Uh, and then James Hansen from Riverside Community College. What do you see in those guys, or what have you heard from those guys, and how they could contribute perhaps uh, right away, where maybe some of these other guys may have some time in the system?
3: I've only spoken to both of them briefly. I think, I think they've been pretty busy the last couple of days. Both of them made their decisions in the last 48 hours. Um, with Zavion, I, I think he's probably the more ready to contribute right away, and there's a definite need for... A junior college uh, defensive back to come in and kind of feel uh, some needs of experience there. We've got a couple of graduates at cornerback as well, and he's he's a good physical corner. He's able to press a little bit, and that's kind of a staple of a Gary Anderson-type defense. Um, He wasn't thrown on a whole lot last year, which means he was able to kind of lock him up and even though if you were to look at his stat line and see that he's only got two interceptions, that's not real indicative of whether he's a good cornerback or a bad cornerback. If you're not thrown on, you don't get an opportunity to get interceptions. When we look at James Hansen, um, he's a little bit under the radar. He was kind of a surprise offer. Nobody really saw that coming. Um, he's already gone on a mission, so he, he's actually a returned missionary, Came back, went to Riverside. He's been at Riverside for a year and actually excuse me, two years. And he's he's good sized, six four, two seventy-five, and they plan on having him play at the defensive tackle area. And he's kind of possibly a more developmental type guy. But both players have three years to play two. So if need be if either one of them needed to develop a little bit more, they're both free to redshirt if they needed to.
1: You know, it's it's interesting how much of the transfer portal it team like Coach A went to uh, to grab some of the guys. Do you see that happening again this year, or do you think he goes more to the recruiting base of it? From when I, I, I say recruiting base, sorry, I mean non-transfer portal, straight-up classical kids.
3: Right. Um, I think as we move into January and the recruiting period opens back up leading into that final signing period the first week of February, you will definitely see us go after some grad transfers and some junior college players. We've kind of got a little bit of leeway as far as that goes. For the 2020 graduating class, we've got 21 seniors, but for 2021, there would only be 10 So there's a lot of room right there with that 2021 class that we could add some junior college players to and kind of even out the classes, so to speak. So I think we'll go heavy, continue to go heavy with some junior college guys, probably try and add another cornerback and definitely add a couple of defensive linemen. If they can find a grad transfer that happens to have a couple of years left instead of just one, like Nick Henninger did last season, then they would definitely be in the market for that. I've also heard that they're looking for a grad transfer running back.
2: Mm,
1: mm, that's interesting. interesting.
3: Yeah. Uh,
2: b- besides the, uh, the Kearns running back, who Utah State has not officially uh, announced, though he himself has announced, are there any others that you are aware of that uh, could happen within the next day or two? Because this early signing period is open until Friday.
3: I'm not seeing anything on the horizon. Um, the only one that I haven't been able to confirm whether or not they're signing or not that had previously been committed was the quarterback out of Skyview High School, Washington. So it's it's the Vancouver area, and his name is Yarrow DeValco. And he's been committed since June and has not signed, and I haven't heard... One way or other, whether that's coming through today, tomorrow, or Saturday, hmm. interesting. So, there could be a little bit of indecision there. I I can't comment any further than that.
2: <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's uh, it's certainly a, a trying time for some to really finally make the decision because uh, you know where they want to go, how does it affect them, their families, their future? Uh, for some decision was made a long time ago. Others still want to see what offers come their way. But right. um, it seems like a pretty exciting class so far, though 24-7 sports is not really saying that the, not giving a lot of uh, maybe not a lot of love for Utah State in this early recruiting class. At the, one of the lowest rated so far in the Mountain West Conference overall. Have you seen anything like that, uh, it's what the other teams in conference have been doing so far this uh, couple of days? Or I guess starting well, today, but some of the other things that are coming down for them?
3: Truthfully, when you take a look at the 24-7 sports website and you take a look at what you're seeing and it's telling you that it's lower, lower rated than most of our uh, conference peers, it's numbers-based. And so... In a class like ours where there's so few spots open because of the number of push forwards that we gave out over the summer, we're not, you're not going to see that number like really rocket up there. Now, last season when we signed, you know, 22, 23, 24 guys and we finished with the number three class, it's because we signed 23, 24 guys. This season, you're probably only going to see us ink. After, after this signing period, you'll probably only see us ink five or six more guys. So I don't really see that number climbing, but it's more, the number is based more off of quantity as opposed to quality. The quality does factor in that your number climbs when you have 23 stars instead of just seven three-star guys. Does that make sense? Mm,
2: yeah. Yep. That's interesting. Okay. That
3: makes so sense. It, it can be misleading. Hey, well,
1: Brian, thank you so much for your time. Greatly appreciate your great stuff and continue the great work on, uh, on, the, uh, on the early signing period. Where can people find you on Twitter and how can they look up your great work?
3: Uh, at UstateAggies.com and on Twitter, just Brian Phillips at Aggies22.
1: Nobody does it better in the, in the recruiting business like he does. Brian, thank you so much again. Greatly appreciate you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.
3: Thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Had a good time.
1: All right. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, great stuff. That's great. That's really good stuff from Brian Phillips right there. I really enjoyed that. Uh,
2: again, so what? You, according to what Utah State has officially announced, what they have uh, declared, you can go see it on cashvalleydaily.com. Uh, there's uh, one defensive end, two defensive tackles, a cornerback, uh, a punter, and a safety uh, in addition to a running back. That uh, that have uh, officially been announced by Utah State. Uh, two of them are j- uh, junior college uh, transfers. Uh, one of them, we, we didn't even talk about the punter from Australia, uh, Stephen Katsan, Katsan Lee. Don't know if I pronounced that properly, but uh, he's an Aussie. He's uh, from Box Hill High School. Six foot two, two hundred five pounds. And um, so it, it's a it's just a... Really not that big of a signing class at this point. There could be a few more names added over the next day or two.
1: All right, we're going to go to break. Coming back, should we get to our movie quiz? Let's get to our movie quiz. Okay, we'll do movie quiz. It is our movie quiz time. Don't forget, pick sixes later on in the next hour. And if you want to text into our show, 435-339-0321. We'll get to your text and uh, read them out without uh, uh, spreading out your name. And you don't even have to worry about giving us your voice. That's uh but again, 435-339-0321. More of the Full Court Press, Movie Quiz Time. Eric France and AJ Salves at 1069 FM 1390
0: AM the Fan. Yaggies are number one here, the Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069TheFan.com.
1: Eric Franson, Andre Stiles, here on the Full Court Press. It is 4.51 here for the first hour, closing it up on a Wednesday, December 18th. Tomorrow, there is a show. Eric Franson will be solo, uh, as I'll be in uh, Frisco, Texas, getting ready for the bowl game. Frisco. 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 Stop it. Uh, <laughs> and then don't forget, no show Friday. No show Friday, no show Friday. We will have... But- Go ahead.
2: You should still listen. Because it's good stuff.
1: Eric Franson, Al Lewis, Craig Hinslip, Brian Boehm, on the pregame for Utah State at football. The Frisco Game Bowl then will be shown here on this very – or excuse me, heard on this very station.
2: You could stare at your radio and imagine it in your mind. Don't. That's what AJ wants you to do. Stare at the radio and watch the game. No, we're going to have full – (laughs) <laughs> got him free Betcher. full pregame coverage full two hours like we do every day or every game for Utah State football we do that every day in for our game day coverage and then we will be the full play-by-play uh thanks to the the fine folks at the Frisco Bowl and the people that are putting on some of the other multimedia events uh for college bowl games we will have the full play-by-play of that bowl game so it'll be a lot easier for you to uh hear and to find As it plays out, and then as soon as it's over, uh, it'll have our uh, KVNU Aggie call. And it'll be simulcast on KVNU and here on The Fan. So we're teaming up. We're joining forces. Super team.
1: All right, we got three minutes. we got to get to our movie quiz. By the way, if you want to text into our show, 435-339-0321. That's 435-339-0321. Your name will not be announced. Just your phone, just the last four digits of your number. And uh, so we won't see your name at all. We won't know who it is. But uh, feel free to text in at 435-339-0321. Movie quiz time. Are you ready, Eric?
2: I'm ready. Are you sure you're ready? I'm ready. Hold on. As long as there's no like weird Captain Craig Smith accents, I'll be great.
1: Hold on.
2: Are you ready? It don't look like you're ready over there.
1: Shut up. Hold on.
2: Ah, here we go. And
1: now, for our future presentation. Our future presentation.
2: The Oscar nominee in his own mind. Ajay Salveson. (laughs) <laughs> all
1: right that's fun uh here we go <clears throat> well 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 i'll be damned if it isn't paul crew ah uh, so uh what was i doing wrong was I driving poorly nope nope this car was reported stolen crap happens crap does happen i mean look what happened to your ears looking at the other police officer i gotta ask you something does he get xm radio with those Actually, he gets a couple of channels. Laughs, looks at the other officer. It's Paul Crew. Another question, Santa Claus. Uh, another question. Santa Claus, what's he like? Well, I'd hate to arrest a public figure like yourself, but hell, I don't think you uh, have too many endorsement deals to worry about, do you? Now listen here, Mr. Frodo, don't you get short with me. I hope you got a lot of money for the game you threw because that was the most pathetic thing I ever saw. Now, step out of the vehicle. Don't you think, uh, don't you think I should, uh, pull over here, I, uh, so I don't get swiped? It's like you're slowing your words a little bit. You've been drinking tonight? Absolutely not. Now you do me a favor and uh, hold that while I uh, hold that while I back this thing up. Backs up, crashes in the police car, pulls up. You can keep those. I have five more.
2: <laughs> What's
1: the movie?
2: Uh, is that the longest yard with it, Adam Sandler? It is.
1: It is. Good work, man. Uh, I'm going to be really careful because I don't want to hear the bleep in this one. Here we go.
0: Well, 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 I'll be damned if it isn't Paul
1: Crew. So what did I do wrong? Was I driving poorly? Nope, nope. This car was reported stolen. No, no, no. It's uh, actually my girlfriend's car. Ask you something. Does he get XM radio with those?
0: Actually, they get a couple of channels.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's Paul Crew. Another question, though. Santa Claus,
2: what's he like? <laughs> Boy, I hate to arrest a public figure like yourself, but hell, I don't think you got too many endorsement deals to worry about now, do you? <laughs> now listen here, Mr. Frodo, don't get short with me. <laughs> <laughs> it was good, it was good. <laughs> I hope you got a lot of money for that game you threw, cause that was the most pathetic thing I ever saw. Now, step out of the vehicle, Mr. Crew. The uh, only thing I should pull the car over more, I could get sideswiped. You sound like you're slurring your words a
1: bit there, Paul. You've been drinking tonight? Absolutely not. Uh, could you do me a favor, hold this beer while I back it up? Oh! You know, what the best part is that police officer is Dan
3: Where Patrick. Getting, just say
2: yeah. it sounded like I'm Dan, Dan Patrick. Patrick, and
3: this is above the noise. One of the reasons the NFL is so popular is the urgency. It's a short season and every game counts, but as you look around the Week 16 schedule, it's weak. There are a couple of crucial games then a bunch of games we will quickly forget. Cowboys-Eagles, Bills-Patriots, Vikings-Packers, they're tasty. Bengals-Dolphins, Panthers-Colts, Jags-Falcons, not so much. This happens every year, but it feels more pronounced this season. Probably because teams like Cincinnati and Miami have been out of the playoff picture for months, but they are playing for that number one overall pick. Despite this weekend's evidence the league seems intent on adding to the regular season schedule then if they do eventually they could expand the playoff field more 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 the mantra of modern sports leagues the nfl isn't alone in this regard but as week 16 proves more games is not always a good thing we do love football if they expand the regular season the question is do we want more bad football i'm dan patrick and this is above the noise